Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Paddy Mann. Morning, Paddy. Good morning. It's been a while. Well, uh, in today's session, um, you know, we're going to be talking about cash flow because it's no secret that right now, cash flow is a major concern for a lot of businesses. We're seeing huge layoffs from the biggest companies and smaller businesses are simply struggling to survive due to rising costs. Clearly, this is a major source of stress, both for the leaders battling it and the employees who are concerned about their jobs. So as a result, we've been working on a new guide for business leaders to help them tackle cash flows issues in their uh, businesses. And today I want to share some of the key lessons. In particular, we're going to focus on the eight levers that we share for improving cash flow and how they can help. So Paddy, let's dive in. What are the eight levers that business leaders can use to improve cash flow? Okay, so there are three levers that you can pull to increase your incoming cash. Yep. The first one is increasing your prices. Uh, a kind of obvious one, but one that so many people overlook or leave too long. The second one is selling more, which could be any part of your sales and marketing process could help you with this one. The third is getting paid faster. So not waiting on invoices that are sitting there for months, getting the cash into your account. Then we've got five levers to reduce your outgoing cash. Uh, the first one is reducing people costs. But I, I should say that when people hear the word reducing people costs, they, they naturally think, oh, layoffs. Mm. That isn't necessarily what uh, reducing people costs is all about. It can include layoffs. It can include losing people. But normally, small businesses want to avoid doing that. Um, and there are lots of other ways you can reduce your people costs by reducing the cost of new employees that you're bringing in, uh, by looking at the, the reasons that each employee is costing you money and, and ways to, to bring that down. Improve efficiency uh, and so on, yeah. Then there's reducing the cost of purchases, so all the tools that you're using, uh, mm -hmm. everything else that you're essentially buying, paying others slower. So while you want to get yourself paid quickly, you also want to make sure that you're not paying other big debts quicker than you need to if cash flow is a, uh, is a concern. Reducing your stock, so keeping less stock actually uh, at your premises, uh, in your systems um, because that's something that you have to pay for and you don't get immediately remunerated for uh, getting rid of it and reducing the cost of debt so any debt that you have with the bank or anywhere else that's incurring an interest rate or some other charge reducing that those costs nice and uh, you know, we, we've set out eight there and uh, in various conversations, we've explored uh, whether to split and combine these and so on. But the, the important thing is that each of these can be used to fundamentally change the cash flow picture for a business, right? Like even individually, obviously combine multiple uh, levers here and you get huge swings in cash flow. Um, you know, I, uh, we, we've uh, talked about it a lot, but like uh, one business that, that I've worked with where they were in a situation where essentially there'd be half a million in the hole, like minus half a million cash. But with various uh, cash flow changes we were able to make, it's it swung it the opposite direction. You get to, uh, at that point, half a million uh, in, in, in the black, right, in the positive. And in fact, since then, they've uh, they've grown it to, to like over two million. Like the swing and the impact that this can have on people is huge. So 
how do we use this? How do we uh, leave, uh, uh, sort of leave, use this uh, as levers in the business? Cool. Well, as you say, any one of these levers is going to have a huge impact. And going back the last 10 years, we've both got numerous examples. Yeah. Uh, we're in our own businesses and looking at the businesses of others where just pulling a few of them has had a huge uh, turnaround. It turns you from a place where you're experiencing huge stress, where you're considering making rash decisions, losing people that you don't want to lose and so yeah. on to a place where things are good and you continue on your your path to to growth and uh, your your you know your wider goals the way that i'd like to use the, the levers i found really useful is to have your eyes open to them when you are starting to experience cash flow issues mm-hmm. and then to find ways to systemize them to avoid future cash flow issues when i say having your eyes open to them it's so easy to go into a cash flow situation where you immediately look at, for example, how to get rid of people. Because you go, you know, people are my big cost. I'm just going to mm. have to get rid of some people. I feel terrible that I'm going to have to do this. And yet there are so many other ways that you could be tackling this. Uh, and in some way, uh, cases, they could be things that you could do just as quickly and would do have uh, uh, a greater uh, impact and would avoid a lot of pain associated with losing someone. Because when you lose someone, you know, it's um, the... The, the emotional pain of having to make that that call and possibly someone's job, but the cost to the team of losing the resource mm. of then having to rehire and so on it can be it can be huge. It can actually hurt your yourself more than uh, uh, than benefit. So when I say keep our eyes open, I want to say use these eight levers and use them as a, a way of framing your current situation in your business and where there are opportunities to tackle cash flow issues. So literally, you can take this uh, guide, uh, and we're going to give it, be sharing the link later, and it's going to be in the show notes, and go through each of them. And there's a load of like really useful questions you can use to start mm. thinking about what's our situation, where could I be taking this, and see where the opportunities are. And I would bet you that you will find some that you would not think of. And I can say that because mm. I know there's only over 60 different kind of uh, examples that we give in of different processes you could be tweaking that would actually have a significant impact on your uh, on your cash flow. So use those eight levers, go through, look at the current situation in your business, look at where the opportunities are. Once you've got that picture, rather than jumping straight in and doing something, once you've got that full picture, then prioritize what you're actually going to do. So what are the improvements we're going to make to the business that should get us back into the cash flow position uh, for uh, short and midterm health? Then, of course, you need to deliver the improvements, follow them through, make sure that they actually get the desired result. But don't stop there. What, uh, what you really want to do is then to systemize the improvements you're making and systemize regular reviews. Because what you don't want to be is a business that is essentially going through these once every year to three year phases of going into uh, peace times where things are okay. And then every few years, suddenly cash flows are a huge issue and you're having to make rash decisions again. Because it is, of all the stress points as a, a leader, I think when you're screwed for cash, that is the biggest one. When you actually know you've got a runway that is running out of time and that if you don't get things right, you're going to cause some huge impact to the personal lives of your employees and yourself uh, and everything else. There is no bigger stress. You want to systemize the improvements you're making and systemize the regular reviews so that you can avoid this happening in the future. So that instead of having a cash flow issue, you've got a, you know, a big pile of cash in your bank account and you can weather any storm. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's 
It's interesting that uh, whenever, whenever I look at various businesses that, that we've worked with, as you say, our own, uh, ones that have consulted, ones that have been clients, it's really interesting that I see that for so many business leaders, the relationship with the cash flow in their business is quite an emotional one. Um, as you say, it causes lots of stress when it's not there, but also the act of even improving it uh, leads to a lot of uh, feelings of defense around, oh, well, I couldn't possibly pay those suppliers slower. I couldn't possibly reduce any people costs at all. It's all to the bone anyway. I, you know, there's no way in which I can improve my my revenue through improving my conversion rates. Just my sales team people do a great job. Like, there's so many different ways in which that business owner, business leader would look at it and just say, oh, there's, there's so little I can do. And yet, I've equally worked with some incredible mentors and um, people who uh, acquire businesses and people like Dan Bradbury and Jonathan Jay, who are experts at this. They completely get how all of these sort of these levers are used in the business. And as a result, they walk into into businesses that are in real difficulty with their, their cash flow. And they're able to, in a pretty systematic way, go through and essentially pull these levers to completely change the picture. And I know from you know, talking to Dan Bradbury, for example, he shared examples, uh, both uh, in his case, but also others that he's worked with, where you take a business that is on its knees and essentially worth you know, less than zero, and it's been bought for a pound or, or whatever, just because the business owner wants to make sure that the payroll of the existing team is is paid and that he doesn't let people down. And yet you've got someone walking in with the a set of skills and put in you know, ability to pull these levers and completely change that picture so that not only have they been able to make sure payrolls covered, but they're able to buy that business, whether it's for a pound or even more than that, buy that business with its own money, with its own cash flow. Like it's incredible what's possible. And I always think that that's a crazy um, switch between you know, people who really know how to do this stuff and are able to use it in quite an algorithmic step-by-step um, -step process way versus the business leader that feels emotionally uh, connected to it. And so I think that's really hard that um, really hard to overcome for, for people. Uh, and so I think, as you say, using this guide and hopefully answering the questions helps people open up to that and, and see it as a, as a tool, not just something that, I, I love the way that you put it, like not just something that gets you out of uh, a, a real <laughs> hole, um, but actually you can put in your business to make cash flow a, a, uh, an ongoing source of um, good results in the business and not cause stress ongoing. So, um, but let's bring that to life for people in terms of what that can, can look like. So let's pick an example. So uh, one of the levers is reducing people costs. How might we uh, approach that area? Cool. So first step would be reviewing the current situation and then looking at the opportunities. So uh, looking at the current situation, how much, you know, what employees do you have? How much are they costing you? What's the breakdown of that cost? So not just going... Uh, you know, this person costs 100 grand, this person costs 50 grand, how much is remuneration, how much is benefits, how much is the cost that they're incurring through their travel, their expenses, how much are costs on tools and other things that might be uh, might be reduced. Um, then it's not just about people costs, it isn't just about the people that are currently working there and their salaries. You've also got, are there any teams that are planning to grow and what are the costs involved in that, both in the uh, the new person that then needs a salary and any other benefits uh, and in the actual uh, hiring costs. Uh, that is a major uh, major area that can be um, tackled as well. 
And then what are the what are the risks? So you've got your current team, but if what happens if uh, we lose two members? Do you have any teams that are already experiencing a high level of churn where you expect to have to replace a certain uh, number of team members on a regular basis? Is there any key people that you have at the top of the business or anywhere else uh, that you know there might be a risk of them leaving, which would suddenly take a uh, precarious cash flow position and, and really screw you if you needed to deal with that issue to uh, to replace them or take any other action. So get clarity on the the current situation. And I say it's not just a kind of casual, okay, here's five people and I need to lose one. Look a little deeper. Then review the opportunities. And because you've got this you know, slightly deeper view of the situation, you can ask, Questions like, okay, where, where do we have excess employees uh, for our current needs? Because there may well be someone who's uh, excess to your needs and you're going to go, well, this sucks, but this is what we need to do for the business. That's okay. This is something that you may need to do in the cash flow, but you should do it knowing that you've also looked at all the other opportunities, not that you've had to do it as a rash decision uh, at the last moment. And then we can also be looking at, okay, where can we reduce the cost of individual uh, employees? And it could be anything from removing unused benefits, making use of tax breaks, uh, helping them to reduce their expenses. Uh, I know when we went into the you know, the pandemic, then it was quite common for uh, employees to actually take a, a cut to their remuneration. And in certain circumstances, teams will be willing to do that perhaps for a short period to avoid uh, a losses. Now, that might not be the right solution. It might not be a long-term solution, but it's going with your eyes open, understanding what opportunities might exist so that you can then pick the right ones. Then if you've got a, you know, the need to uh, either hire to grow your team or to replace existing team members, looking at where could we delay that need to hire? Where could we hire cheaper resources? And this is a, an example I, I love uh, with uh, the resources. It's something that we've used extensively in our business because our hiring costs could be significantly higher than they are yeah. if we didn't have great processes in each team. For example, our engineering team was for a while, uh, software engineering was crying out for senior engineers, which cost an average of 80 to 90K a year. Um, but we established by, by improving the processes and the way that they were supported, we didn't need senior uh, engineers. We needed more junior ones, which more like 50 to 60. So you're making a huge saving in... Uh, the new employees that you're bringing in and you know a team of uh you know three people costs a, a huge amount less and and for this is software engineering where each employee is worth um, or costs a lot more than multiple employees in other areas of the business it makes a uh, a huge impact there's opportunities there and how can we improve uh, employee retention if you've got a uh, a sales team where people are lasting six months or average or uh, you're expecting to lose three people a year. Where are there opportunities to uh, reduce that that churn? Where Because each time you have to replace one, when we've got costs associated with hiring new ones, people coming in, negotiating their salaries, and, and so on. Lots and lots of opportunities to reduce people costs. And it's a really important area just because for most businesses, people is a big, big, big chunk of their overall um, expenditure. Once we've got that clarity, we've got the situation, we've got the opportunities, then we prioritize which areas to move forward. And we can think about, are there uh, quick wins? And it may be that you do need to let go someone who's clearly excess, a team which isn't delivering value, and that's okay. 
Um, but where are there, uh, once we've dealt with the quick wins, where are there other things that we should be putting in place to improve our cash flow, both in the, uh, the mid and the, the long term, which might be improving your processes uh, in that software engineering team to avoid needing uh, senior people in the future and all sorts of other uh, actions. Yeah, I really like that. And I think, as you say, there's so many um, questions that we can kind of go through for that one lever that it, it's got to bring out some ways in which it can prove. And it makes me think about the fact how um, PeopleCast is a great example, but it, it kind of applies to lots of the levers that, that we talk about um, in the in the guide around cash flow, is that your the business tends to grow relatively organically, right? It's um, you're essentially growing a business is about trying things and then finding things that work and kind of scale that and and often and, and often it isn't um, geometric growth like you're not able to um, when you're growing like your sales for example your marketing sales the lead growth that you have doesn't it's not like you have chunks of uh, lead growth that are equivalent to exactly the amount of a salesperson needs. It's not like, oh, yeah, I get 10 leads a week and that's one salesperson. And then uh, from next week onwards, it's going to be 20 leads a week, which means I need one more salesperson. What tends to happen is you'll get like 12, 13, and that salesperson starts to be stretched. And so then you have to go, oh, well, can I pull some resource from over here? Or maybe I can pull in a part-time salesperson. Or maybe I can get a full-time salesperson or a contractor. Or maybe it's a full-time person, but they're doing part of another job. Maybe I get them to help out with the marketing. And so over time, the business kind of grows in this way. And so I think, as you say, like taking that opportunity to do it, give it a bit of a reckoning and a reflection to look at, okay, you know, going through some of the questions that you've posed there to really challenge what does the business need to look like going forward based on where you've got to rather than the incremental steps and changes that you've made. You know, if I think about some of the um, changes that we've made and, and looked at in both in our own businesses and clients, like a classic one is the nature of sales, where often, like when I've hired in sales teams, there's not quite enough work, enough work for only like just one type of sales call, like your very first sales call, discovery calls. And so they tend to do support and customer success and, and other aspects. But then as you grow, you do get to a point where actually it does make sense to split that up more and have different people for support and customer success and sales and even split sales into outreach uh, versus inbound and even splitting inbound <laughs> into like SDR, like arranging discovery calls and then conducting those calls. And so uh, and there are loads of opportunities with each of those decisions and how you break it up to reduce your people cost, right? Exactly as you say, like reducing the the level that you need in some of those roles or um, both in terms of skill level and therefore like salary cost, or indeed the amount of hours that are required in each of those areas. Like, can you get a right. fractional expert to help in a particular area? I think it's level, worth right? sharing a, a very current example that we've got at the moment. Um, we, <laughs> to some degrees as a, as a small and growing business who have a high aspiration of vision, we always feel the pinch of cash flow right now. We're looking to grow rapidly and we would love to have three times as many employees as we do to deliver on what mm -hmm. we're, what we're setting out to achieve um but we've got a, you know a great example right now was we're looking at growing our sales team and we know we need to bring in uh some specialized uh sales reps and the easy option and something we'd have 
done if we have a venture back, uh, you know, backed by you know huge amounts of capital and so on is just to throw more bodies at it and and bring in more specialist people and yeah. hope that over time they will um, become cash flow positive. But we could see in the short term that it could create a, a challenge. And so to reduce the people costs, we're not getting rid of anyone. We're, we're actively growing. But what we actually did, was we've been doing a detailed review of how our existing sales team are spending spending their time. And we've found ways to free up a significant amount of their time. Uh, actually, it's uh, it relates yeah. to a, a feature that we're working on in Air Manual where after they've completed a checklist to do a demo and discovery call, we found it was taking a big chunk of time to go up and do a load of follow-up. So they have to email the the contacts, let our team know how it went, um, add a lot of details to the CRM. And this is a really common challenge in, in sales teams all over is the amount of follow-up to make sure that your CRM is in the right position to give everyone the reporting they need and be able to do the follow-up. And we, we realized that we're using one of our new features um, to uh, automate some of those processes and send the data directly from Air Manual to some of the other systems would actually cut that that uh, follow-up time from sometimes it could approach uh, an hour because the quality of the follow-up we do is really high, bring it down to like 15 minutes. And we're doing they're doing, you know, so kind of four, five, six, seven, eight of these calls per week. That's a big chunk of time, which we can then put onto another task. Now it, mm. it don't, might not equate to a whole new uh, employee being on the team. But actually, it did delay our need to hire that new employee straight away to be able to take on some of the tasks that we had planned for that new employee. So right there, we are significantly reducing our people costs by a whole person yeah. by actually looking not at uh, reducing or getting rid of existing people, but just by preventing the need to hire by in improving our existing processes. Yeah, I love that. That's a, that's a great example. And um, yeah, and uh, uh, it's a feature, as you say, it's brand new and still going through testing and so on. Uh, existing customers reach out to us and we'll work out a plan for getting you uh, started and using that. But I think it's, um, uh, as you say, the, the underlying point there, as you say, is there are often loads of ways in which you can reduce your people costs. It's whether you're, um, often it's whether you're motivated to even look. I think, um, you know, because we're in the software space, we're used to seeing lots of other businesses that are heavily funded, which perhaps doesn't happen quite so much in some industries, right? Like, you know, even you know, training businesses or marketing agencies or whatever tends to have much more uh, tight cash flow management. There are some SaaS businesses where literally they get even, they get tens of millions early on. And it, you know, the challenge for them is almost how quickly can you spend it? Because <laughs> you've agreed to your investor that you will. Um, and so often what I'll hear is them talking about, oh, yeah. so what we need to do is like, uh, you know, the big challenges those businesses have, but, oh, I need to find a really good VP of sales. You know, I need a really heavy hitter, experienced VP of sales who's got experience of taking, you know, suddenly going up to 10, 100 million revenue or whatever. And that they, you know, this is a who problem. They'll come in, they'll hire the team. They know the experience of all those things. And that's fantastic if you've got that kind of, funding behind it and of course that's not to say that even and that automatically succeeds i know plenty of examples where they do that they spend the money and actually it doesn't end up profitable and the whole thing goes pop because it's not been able to uh, to move forward but of course from a from an investor perspective it allows you to do what you really want which is either grow big quickly or fail it fast and so um uh, but that doesn't for most of us and uh, you know paddy and i have uh, always run bootstrap businesses it's 
that's not that's not the aim like the we're we're much more up for finding our way but we need to remain cash flow positive and so finding these ways makes a huge huge difference however there's so many things that we could do in terms of improving cash flow and we talk about the eight levers and so on so where would you start what would be the the kind of first steps so starting point honestly uh download the the ebook um it's it's just going to take you through each of those areas. It's going to take you less than an hour to to scan through, and it's going to put a lot of questions in your mind. Uh, and it's going to really help you look at the full picture rather than jumping to conclusions and making rash decisions. Once you've reviewed it, thought about the current situation, where the opportunities are, then take quick wins. Uh, there are going to be some changes you can make, uh, particularly if you haven't done this exercise recently. I assure you there'll be some changes you can make that will suddenly appear obvious, they're going to take little effort and you'll get an immediate impact. Love that. Uh, and uh, I was just going to say the, the link for, for that, uh, guys, because I mentioned a few times, is airmanual.link forward slash cash flow forward slash ebook. So that's the Business Leader's Guide to Improving Cash Flow is airmanual.link forward slash cash flow forward slash ebook. Sorry, buddy, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're quite right. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll share it again, again uh, at the end and in the show notes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, definitely grab grab a copy uh then take the quick wins as i say um just as an example for many small businesses it will include reviewing your prices and that's uh, every time we've been in the cash flow issue that's that's where we're often where we uh we start it's going to be one of the early areas because it's as you shared at the start there's so much emotion often built into it um mm -hmm. and people are uh particularly, you know, again, in small businesses where they haven't done this systematically for a, a long time, reviewing your prices feels uncomfortable. Like the idea of having to tell people that your prices have increased and the, the fear that, you know, they might revolt and it might cause all sorts of problems, which is usually um, unfounded and usually you've left it a lot too long. So um, this is a time where you, where you, you make it happen. Uh, and the the impact to effort ratio of increasing your prices is is just an epic example where increasing your prices just a small amount perhaps 10 percent, may not even be noticed by customers they might be going i can't believe they kept their old prices static for a few years and in some businesses you can be able to do it by a lot more um, but it could have a huge impact on your on your profit margin and the impact of not doing it of holding back on changes like your prices and other quick wins and other opportunities that you'll identify by doing this review is is huge you're basically throwing money away that's money that could be slowly building up in your business so that you can grow faster help achieve your goals support your customers better support your team better yeah um, i love it yeah and then uh beyond the quick wins and then it's those longer term opportunities so don't don't just Fix it, mm, put a band-aid over, right. move on, work out the longer-term opportunities, work out how to systemize it, work out how to put the reviews in place so that you are being proactive and managing it going forward. Fantastic. Love it. Thank you, Paddy. And I think, you know, in this in this episode we've we've talked about how cash flow can be such a significant source of stress for business leaders, their teams, you know, right down to individual employees. I think um often it's a really good thing to be transparent in a business about what's going on in all of your metrics, like hiding cash flow um, is actually a, a real risk to your business. I think business leaders worry about, oh, but I don't want to scare people. And it's like, yeah, but they'll make decisions that are not in the best interest for your cash flow if they don't know uh, that that's something you need to consider. Um, and obviously not our own examples, but like 
uh, I think business leaders can absolutely using these eight levers, they can question things that perhaps they've left unquestioned for too long. And we've seen so many examples where pulling a few of these levers can have huge swings in cash flow uh, and uh, and completely take the stress out of it. So uh, thanks for for sharing those uh, uh, that uh, uh, those tips and and that deep dive. Um, as, as we've talked about, we've got the uh, the Business Leader's Guide to Improving Cash Flow can be found at airmanual.link forward slash cash flow forward slash ebook. Uh, go get your copy there. Uh, also, uh, so that we can go deeper and we can answer questions that people have got, I'm going to be running an Ask Me Anything session, an AMA, uh, available at airmanual.link forward slash cash flow forward slash webinar, uh, where I'll be talking about cash flow and answering people's questions uh, on this topic. I'll be benefiting not only from the incredible amount of research and work that we've done to create the ebook and the guide, uh, but also uh, for this podcast, for De-Stress Your Business, I'm gonna be interviewing lots of experts and people who have experienced both ends of, of the cash flow uh, spectrum and pain. <laughs> uh, so I'll be able to bring all of that experience for you as well. So really looking forward to that. Do join, uh, do register for that at airmanual.link forward slash cash flow forward slash webinar. Uh, on the other hand, if you're struggling to even find the time to improve cash flow, uh, we actually run a weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business and unlock growth. You can find out more and register for the next one at airmanual.co forward slash webinar. The final note for you listening, uh, either on our podcast or on social media, uh, as a still new podcast, we need your help. We've been growing really well. We've been getting great feedback. But if you found the content today valuable, then please do share it. And Ideally, also just take a quick 30 seconds to a minute, leave an honest review. That will help the podcast get more visibility, ultimately allow us to help more people. And I can attract uh, even more awesome guests onto the uh, episodes to help give you even better advice. Otherwise, it's been great covering cash flow. Thank you, Paddy. Uh, but for everyone else, until next time, have fun.